Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I am Bennett Conlin, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick. And we have a busy, busy slate today. Uh, our topic is the non-existent JMU sports calendar for the next few months. Yeah, but you know what this time of year is the best for? Betting online. Uh, that was a fantastic segue. I actually had a point to make, and then I was going to dive <laughs> into it, but I like where your head's at. Um, it's the time of year where we can just speculate randomly nonsense about whatever we want, specifically football, and how they're going to win out, win the national championship, and just be fantastic. And where you can bet that is bet online because our partners at bet online can continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, major league baseball fights and NFL futures and college football futures like James Madison winning the national championship. Bet online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting, and the fan favorite Vegas Casino and Poker Games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use promo code BELIEVE. That is promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. And I guess we need to start our rampant speculation here early on in this one. Is the culture of James Madison University football falling apart at its seams? Diamante Tucker Dorsey and Wesley McCormick have transferred out. So has Kobe White after just getting here maybe three minutes ago. He's transferred out. Is Kurt Signetti ruining the program? You tell me. People are asking. People are, <laughs> people are wondering. And it's I all think, in our DMs. It's not in any of the Twitter mentions. They're, they're yeah. just DMing us. And I think when you wonder this, the one thing you have to do, you have to do, is you have to throw out the transfers he's brought in. Yeah. Take that out and look yep. at the fact that one good player, one injury plague player, one guy who wasn't going to play have all left the program and it leads me to believe what's going on. You, th- you don't think Kobe White was going to play? No, that's what Shane Metlin and and others were kind of saying that like it looked like he was probably not going to be a factor depth chart wise. Really? So, Kurt said I wonder, was so high on him. I really like Wesley McCormick. I think he's a good player, but I also wonder when they brought in those two really young, talented uh, transfers, they brought in a, a Michigan State transfer. They brought in a, a North Carolina State defensive back transfer. They've got some pretty good guys in the secondary, and they have a lot of guys at safety who are good. I wonder if you shift any of them down to either linebacker or move them over to corner. So I feel I feel less concerned now. Yeah, 100%. Wesley McCormick was a solid guy, but he was kind of cornerback number two there for a few years, thrust into cornerback one last year. Struggled with hamstring issues on and off throughout the year. When he was on the field, he was he was solid. But at the same time, I'm not too freaked out about any of these transfers because this is a waste, not a waste of a year, um, but it's it's a wash. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, Signetti is going to keep his job no matter what the record is. Like, for a lot of these players, especially Tucker Dorsey, who seems to have interest from a lot of power five schools, um, which no offense to Tucker Dorsey, kind of surprising. He seems like an undersized linebacker, good, good, you know, sideline to sideline speed. But whenever I was watching a football game, 
never completely jumped off the screen to me, um, but getting a lot of power five interest. So a potential to make that jump, you know, refine his game a little bit more and, and good for him. If he can get reps at a power five level and, you know, make that jump, then he can be a real NFL threat. Kind of like what Jabril Cox did um, a few years ago, leaving North Dakota state to go to LSU and then getting drafted, I think in like the third or fourth round trying to, I guess, Tucker Dorsey's trying to follow that same route. So I don't blame him. McCormick, I haven't seen any interest or what he's been retweeting. Um, Kobe White, just a kind, I don't want to, I don't want to rag on him, but just kind of a joke that you transfer in in the spring and you leave before the fall even gets here. It's whatever, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his situation is. It's just it sounds like he probably, it is very weird to be like. like I'm coming and then just just never mind what just wanted some warmer weather for the spring maybe um which you didn't even pick that warm of a weather like location (laughs) you went from Boston to Harrisonburg in the mountains you could have gone down to like South Florida yeah who knows who knows I guess he probably thought he had a chance to work his way into the lineup and then was like oh wait the receiver room is maybe better than he thought yeah but yeah we got to talk about the Tucker Dorsey thing I am obviously horrible at understanding like how good players are like you got people from the athletic being top available transfer in the portal i'm like what do you talk like what like yeah, I, I must be he's t- a good player but i did not he's expect- great he's a he's a great fcs player i did not expect like texas and texas a&m and i still don't fully understand what that means like they're offering him he's going on an official visit does that mean that texas is like being genuine and he's going to start at linebacker for texas or does that mean they're like, this guy's going to be sweet and on special teams and we'll tell him he can compete and he adds that? I don't know. So Tucker Dorsey is a 5'10", 214-pound linebacker. He started all 14 games last year, was second-team All-American from Hero, was third-team All-American from Stats, was fourth-team All-American from Phil Steele, and he was first-team All-CAA. Was only player of the week once. He did rack up a hundred and what I'm trying to get at is like, he didn't bring in hella accolades. I, I he's, he's, I don't mean to like rat, like I, 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 man, it sounds like I'm really just hating on the transfer portal here. <laughs> Tucker Dorsey, go out, like better yourself, go where you need to. I was just shocked one seeing it so late and two being like him. He's really good, but Texas. He's very, very good. And I didn't expect him to get those level of offers. Like UCF made sense a little bit to me. Um, I get that one. Some of the power five, like Texas A&M is like brands themselves is like, we want to win a national title. And I I didn't expect that. So I was surprised by that. Um, The timing was weird. I know he said he kind of thought about it for a while. And the fact that JMU couldn't win anything this year in terms of a Sunbelt title or a bowl game, that stuff he said was something that considered, I mean, if he's, if he's that good, maybe I was, I was kind of wrong about, I guess, how talented he really is. And he has a chance to go play in the NFL. Like same with Antoine Wells. Like I get it, man. I'm just surprised. Like, I, I guess I'm bad at evaluating or understanding a level of talent. Maybe I'm low on JMU and where it stands yeah. in the totem pole, Maybe, but it's, it's like, wow. Like I did not expect, I didn't expect that. I was surprised by that. Yeah. And if you look at, if you just Google Tucker Dorsey's name, Texas fans, the Texas fan blogs, really want him he's also been offered by florida state or at least visiting florida state mm-hmm. um old miss so like a lot of yeah. sec schools are interested in him 
but Texas, it seems like their fans really want him. I don't know what their coaching staff is, and I'm not sure if they still have that former JMU player on their coaching staff. I think he's at I think Maringer's at at Oregon, or he was a former JMU coach, but I know he I think he moved to Oregon. I thought he was a quarterback. I mean, maybe there's peak James maybe there's news maybe podcast. there's someone else they had that other guy i don't know if he was at texas but i know there's some guy and i think he was i'm thinking of someone else but, okay um, anything any anything else on the transfers any any other overarching football you want to touch on before we? i'm interested to see i think we've said this before but like what happens with like nil related stuff because he entered the transfer portal and like a day later was like looking for an nil agent and Antoine Wells did something similar where like three days before he was in the portal, he was like, NIL deals, hit me up. So I'm interested to see what JMU does in that regard because it seems like mm, they've done nothing. Maybe I'm wrong. I would love to hear more about like what JMU <laughs> has done in terms of educating the athletes and then like what they've kind of, I don't know, like have they done anything to try to help people get those opportunities? Because it seems like that's something that's important. I know some of the players got ticked on Twitter a few weeks ago that Jamie wouldn't let him like use their tapes um, like that kind of stuff. Like, what are you doing to help promote their brands? Oh, I'd be interested in learning that is I guess kind of the take I have. Yeah. Coming from the tapes perspective. I know when I was in the office a few years ago, um, that's what four years ago now. Yeah. Um, it was an NCAA rule that you couldn't like give them a lot of their own pictures you couldn't like create like you couldn't give them a lot of the creative you made um or tape or stuff like that just because like i don't know what the the reasoning behind it was but i remember that being a rule very easily could have overchanged because in four years we've gone from not paying athletes to having nil and it's a complete wild west but i think that's what's kind of interesting because uva had like a platform where they were like hey everyone log into this thing and you can use all of our photos and like put it on your social media and stuff so like that's the kind of stuff like what does jmu have and they might have things and i just don't know yeah but i think it's interesting when you have like a couple of key guys leave who are all like nil hit me up which i don't know how that works for them like i don't antoine wells is not like well known now that he's in south carolina and tucker dorsey's not going to be like some well, star, no. but could they also be paying him one hundred thousand dollars in an NIL deal to have him play linebacker there? Yeah, it's so like that's this podcast isn't being videotaped. It's this is this is a really important part of that what you're saying. Bennett put air quotes. I did around put NIL air quotes deal. around NIL, but I don't I don't know that that's necessarily happening. But it's also like for him to enter that late and then all have these big offers. I imagine he, yeah, will be making money next year that he wasn't yes. at JMU. Yes. I also think that tapes is really is difficult too, because like, are you putting together a highlight tape to hype yourself up? Or are you putting up a highlight tape to send to transfer? Yeah. Because like, <laughs> like, if I'm JMU, yeah, if, if I'm JMU, I'm not giving you tapes because if, if that's your goal, like if your goal is to transfer, like I think Tucker Dorsey was one of the ones upset about it. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not giving you tapes. <laughs> it's it's pretty interesting so we'll see what happens i also think now that they're in the sunbelt more guys are going to have a chance to legitimately get drafted from jmu yeah. which will probably help and it'll get to the point where there's a guy who's like you know what i don't need to leave for my fifth year i can stay here and be an nfl draft pick so i think that like moving up aspect helps and again you can't actually discount who they've added through the portal like I think the net gains compared to the net losses, even with some of these moves are probably still a, a pretty substantial positive. Maybe this is me being cynical. I don't know if at this point they're leaving to boost their draft stock. 
I, I think, think Wells may have, and I think Tucker Dorsey a little bit, but also is it the NIL deal money that's coming, the quote unquote NIL deal money that's coming in and like enticing them away with it also being a potential, like if the, if NIL wasn't a thing right now and just, it was just transfer portal, like you could transfer whatever, but NIL wasn't a thing. I don't know if Tucker Dorsey's leaving. I think that's a good point. Yeah. I think that's fair. You can get the, get the money now, basically kind of attitude where you can get paid now and maybe boost your draft stock, but at the very yeah. least you're getting something. So I don't, I'm not totally against the, the logic there. I think the timing is weird. And I do think there needs to be more regulation in terms of when players can do this, um, how it makes sense. Just um, yeah. And from a grand like football perspective, it kind of sucks as a fan yeah. where it's like, Oh yeah. Like this is a guy that's been around the team for a while is a leader is really good. Went through spring ball and was like the, one of the main guys who was interviewed in all these stories. And then like two weeks later, Texas gives him a paycheck and it's like, ah, shit. <laughs> I think, I think that's a great point is that I was a huge proponent. Like I love that. I still love the transfer port. I love giving the, yeah. the power to the student athletes. What does suck is that they can do it at any point they want. And you hit the nail on the head. There needs to be like, I think it boils down to you just have to pay the athletes and treat them as employees of the university where you need to give them essentially like a two year contract or open up a quote unquote free agent period. Because the fact he went through spring ball and we are now two months out from the start of the season, May, June, July, three months out from the season and he's transferring. I just don't like that timing. Yeah. I mean, either that like, and like, you, I don't know, you don't blame him that much, but at the same time, it, it sucks. Like if you're, a fan or whatever. And I also don't know that it's actually the best for some of the athletes. Like, I think they should have like choices, but at the same time, I, I don't know if Texas A&M and Texas are being that genuine. They're, they might be saying things like, yeah, we're going to give you a chance to compete when in reality, they want him as a backup linebacker who adds depth and plays on special teams when he might think he's going to be a star making big NIL deals. Maybe he will be. I just think there's probably some conversations there that are, um, not ideal. I also don't know that he goes into the portal, um, blind. I imagine there was yeah. potentially some contact beforehand. Um, it's, like it's also the, 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 other part of the, the transfer portal that I don't like, it's the dark side of it is all the players who enter it and yes, don't get a home. And then they're just shit out of luck. Yeah. It's just kind of a crappy process right now that yeah. could use a little, use a little regulation and guidance. I think that if would help only everyone. the NCAA was able to, you know, enforce things. I also don't think they would, um, the players know that much and maybe they, I don't know that they're like supposed to, but when they're asking, like, like when Antoine Wells, for example, is like, me up for NIL deals. I don't know that he knows how to like negotiate an NIL deal. I would not have when I was like 19. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that I'm interested, like what is JMU doing to educate them about like how to handle all of that, if anything, because it, it feels at times like, <laughs> like they're just like playing football and rolling it out. And then they're just like, it'll work out for us. It'll be fine. But I don't know what the actual like NIL plan is. Is it anywhere close to what these power fives do, which is like really intense education. And yeah. Yep. If you're, if you're a college athlete and you have the, option of getting nil deals this is my piece of advice because i know a lot of uh, college athletes listen to this podcast sign an agent get someone to like do it for you don't worry about it like you don't don't do it get someone the, to do it for you that's another one where it's like who are you getting as the agent and then matt brown who we had on from yeah i always cite like his reporting for for extra points 
But I think if you're like the agent, you can get like you negotiate higher percentages of commission on NIL deals or something where you can make like way more. So like, I think some of the agents are probably like, <laughs> yeah, I, I read that too. I don't know if it was from him or if it was like ESPN daily did something, but like normal agents for NFL players, mm-hmm. like take 5% of a deal or whatever. And then for NIL, they're taking like 25%. Yeah, just taking advantage of the student athlete completely. So some of it's crazy. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> the other point you made that I think is worth reiterating is like, it sucks that they lost Tucker Dorsey fan favorite, good player. I want to miss watching him play. I'm pretty sure when he committed, I watched his huddle tape and his first huddle highlight was a targeting hit, but he put it in cause it was sick. Like, I think he got flagged for targeting, <laughs> but he just took somebody's head off. So like, I, I will miss that attitude in that play. Um, but like, like you're saying, does this take them from maybe a six and five team to a five and six? Like, I don't, I don't really care. Like, I don't think it's, it's not like they're bound to contend for a national title and they had this perfect team and they've lost four starters late to, to Texas. It's like, they're, they're probably going to be a middle of the pack Sunbelt team. That's going to take their lumps and whatever they put in a younger guy and then get prepared when they're actually able to play in bowl games. Sounds kind of fine to me. Yeah. I did see a lot of chat on Twitter where JMU fans are like, it doesn't matter. The linebacker group's deep. They're, they're good. I don't know about all of that. I think we might see a safety get converted to linebacker. And so, like Seth Naudela, I think he's pretty solid. He's been in and out of the lineup the last couple of years. Um, there was a lot of hype around him. There's some good guys on this squad, but like losing a four-year starter who had triple digits tackles last year, and you're replacing him with a sophomore who started maybe a handful of games – it's, it's, it's going to be a loss. It, will it reflect in the win-loss column? Probably not, and it doesn't matter. And, Jamie fans, we all need to wrap our ha- head around that this season, buckle up, have fun. We're in the Sun Belt. It doesn't matter. Yeah, drop 17 spots in uh, SP Plus <laughs> from Bill Connolly's ranking uh, today, Jack. That was, that was disheartening. Uh, Jalen Walker, though, looks like he's a youngster. They have a lot of faith in Yeah. We got to talk about Kurt Zingetti's tweets quickly. He literally tweeted a grainy photo of Jalen Walker and was like, opportunity brings greatness. <laughs> and then he's talking about like, he's tweeting the Sunbelt logo on the field and how they can expand the stadium to 50,000. The man's interesting on Twitter. I will say that. The man knows how to use twitter.com. Yeah. He's not like your state. He's not a Mike Houston tweeter, which is just like, you know, sure, grind power to you where he's just tweeting like hashtags, whatever ECU's hashtags are um, with like a photo of a ship. Uh, he gets, he gets some interesting tweets in there. So I'll give him that. Yeah. You know, he's sitting in his lazy boy. I'm not going anywhere. He reminds <laughs> me what Tom Brady will be like tweeting in 20 years. Yeah. I, I also love this angle. That's like a taking it from like that fence near, near D hall. Yeah. And he's like, what's obvious from this photo it needs to expand. It's like, I mean, you can't see a lot from the photo. <laughs> <laughs> How easily expansion to 50,000 seating would be. No, it wouldn't. You're missing Godwin. Yeah. <laughs> the entire building that is right next door. That is the reason you can't. Ex- well, the other reason they can't expand is they do one sellout a year and it's homecoming. Yeah. It's like, please do not expand right now. But no, that was. <laughs> please that was don't funny. expand for a while. I want like five years of consistent sellouts personally. That's just me. <laughs> from he cracks me up though so yeah i'm looking forward to football season i'll say that all right do you want to move into some fan questions i think that'll bring us into yeah. some, uh some what's it called um baseball chat as well yeah all right 
we'll start off Peter Mooney's t- question, which my favorite question. What is the top thing we're going to miss the least about flow sports? It's a good question. I don't fully understand. What are we going to miss? The least. I think it was like, to what, talk. You, I think it was to talk about just how flow sports sucked was basically the proper. <laughs> but the flow sports era is over, which is good. Yeah. Uh, I will. I will I, miss the one softball home run video they had. I think at Drexel. Yeah. Where it's just like literally the ground, and they're like, "That ball is gone." <laughs> I think. I'm. See, I'm worried because my flow sports experience, the worst part was paying for the subscription. Yeah. Like it was so expensive. Like ESPN plus is still home broadcast. Like it it can still be terrible. They just have standards. It's not always perfect, but it does have higher standards. And if you're paying for it, like I pay for it, I got to watch Tiger Woods (laughs) in the morning. Like flow sports is like, Hey, you want to watch two 14 year olds play wiffle ball in their driveway? And I'm like, no, (laughs) not really. And they're like, well, that's $35 a month. ESPN plus is what like five or six and you can watch tiger woods play on his one leg in the PGA championship with Rory and Jordan speed. Like those are the kind of things you got MLB games. We talked about this, but I think it's nice that the whole platform's better, but yeah, I don't think people should expect like remarkable broadcasts. You watch a mid-major basketball game, you bet on those and you turn on like a new Hampshire, UMass Lowell ESPN plus broadcast broadcast is kind of trash. It's like a one camera setup from the third row of their bleachers. <laughs> right. But it's, it gets the job done. And for the bigger games, like I imagine the Sunbelt teams take those football broadcasts reasonably seriously. So, yeah. Um, Garrett Lamb, any idea on a timetable for when the news on Eikenberry will come out as to whether we are extending his contract or looking to hire a new coach? I think TJ Eck was saying that they hadn't made a decision or something. And they, he was thinking like next week, um, that would be uh, at some point in the next couple of weeks. I think they'll, they'll do something. I would be floored, floored Jack. <laughs> if Marlon Eikenberry comes back next year as the head coach, if he comes back, I think it would be an emergency podcast of us just crying. <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad, but yeah, but they, I mean, I think it, I think it comes out within the next seven days. I imagine we podcasted a, couple weeks ago and it was before the Hofstra series and they had seven games left and we said all right they need four of those to get to 30 wins do we think they get to 30 wins they went one and six <laughs> so the 27 and 26 they lost six of their last seven then I, I don't want to hear the like oh my god the injury bug it's like no they've been average for like six years it's baseball. Like if you're having injury issues year after year, like figure out a way to not to have avoid those <laughs> with like the practice schedule. You should be having that many because it's not that like taxing a sport. I mean, your arm, like if you're a pitcher, but like there are ways to manage that, that you should be able to do. There should be depth in the pitching staff. There should be players who can come in. They had chased a lauder at times this year. I don't care if he wasn't there the whole year. Like, they did not get the most out of this team. They haven't gotten the most out of the team since he's been there. And then you're going into a harder league and you want to renew him. No, no. no. You know, it's hilarious. They always regress to the mean. Always. Like they were sitting there with a prime opportunity to be like five games above 500 for the first time under Eikenberry. And instead they go one in six over their last seven and they regress right back to the mean 27 and 26 
They quite literally could not be 500 because they played an odd number of games, yet they finished damn near 500. And then it's there's just so many games where, where it's like, oh, my God, they had such a tough break. You can't even believe this break they had, Jack. It was such a tough break where they lose these two games to Hofstra in heartbreaking fashion. And then it's like we just ignore the fact that the third game of the series, they lose 15 to six and Maryland beats them 12 to two. Like you can't just ignore them. Like, oh, my God. Can you believe that this would have went that way? It's like, yeah, it's college sports. Like you're going to have close losses. You have to take care of business in the other games. Like you can't have Presbyterian beat up on you. You can't. Who else did they lose? Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. <laughs> no, you can't lose. Get smacked in the doubleheader against Moorhead State. Like, I don't want to hear all the excuses of like, oh my God, the injuries and they had a, if they didn't give up that three run bomb, they would have won. It's like, what? <laughs> it's just a stupid conversation. I'm sick of the. It's the what ifs. We, I think we had a whole podcast on the what ifs in sports and how much we both hate when fans look back at a season, they go, what if this entire thing was different? Yeah, it would be different. No, yeah, of course. <laughs> what if they didn't give up that three-run prom? Well, then they would have not lost by three. They would have maybe won. Like, what if they didn't have – what if Chase Delauder didn't break his foot? Well, then they probably would have been 28 and 26. Like, he, yeah, he might what be if, – What if Marlon Eikenberry didn't decide to have two starters per game? in february <laughs> like what was that strategy that didn't make any sense to me like <laughs> i don't know like it's it's just annoying and like i think the some maybe some of the not necessarily the fans but i guess some of the media coverage upsets me because it's like oh tough oh, tough breaks it's like we can be honest about what happened it's like they're not that good in the question i think it's at the end of the year i think it got a little more realistic some of the coverage where it's like probably a fair question if i can coming back but that's kind of what the fans want to know right it's what's the direction of the program i don't Nobody cares when you're outside the bubble picture that you lose a May heartbreaker on the road at Hofstra. I don't care. I want to know if it's a team that'll ever play in a regional in my lifetime, which they have, but like in my fandom lifetime, like they haven't played in one since 2011. Like, are they going to get in one by 2031? That would be interesting to me. I think they can get in one within the next few years. Yeah. If they play better baseball in the Sun Belt for sure. So like, what if, it. what if, no, but I, I think they can get into a regional hosting a regional might be not be until the 2030s, but like you, you have such a hotbed of talent in the Valley. You have, you have, you have the opportunity to be one of the best teams in Virginia. Like, and that's not an overstatement. I was just getting sick this weekend of looking on Twitter and seeing UVA won a men's tennis national title and their lacrosse team was in the men's quarterfinals and Virginia tech softball went on a run and they're in the super regionals now after rallying back in a regional and Virginia tech and UVA baseball are both in like the top 10 national championship future odds and JMU season is over. I'm like, I know that they're not going to compete consistently at like a power five level, but give me some teams throughout the year that are going to be sweet and like maximizing JMU's potential. And the baseball program is one that is infuriatingly far behind their potential. It's really funny how spoiled we are as JMU fans, because just last year they went on a woman's college world series run and everything was looking fine. And then they announced they're going to Sunbelt. We get really hype. And then, things fall apart 
because the CAA says you don't have any postseason to play for. And now we're sitting here and we're like, what? Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Bennett's over here. Why aren't we good anymore? And it's been maybe six months since we've been good. And he just really wants to be great all the time. Next year, next year, buddy, next year. We'll get it next year. (laughs) That's a fair point. They are. Except for um, football, football, football will be a wash, but every other sport we'll, we'll be playing in March in basketball, baseball. If we get a new coach has the potential to be good. Softball needs a pitcher or two and maybe some hitters. Softball might need a little bit of work. The diamond Dukes need a little bit of work, but we'll be playing into March. Basketball will be hunky dory and there'll be hope on the horizon from veterans Memorial park. It really emphasizes or underscores my excitement about next year. Just the ability to be allowed to play in the conference tournament. Just such a dumb decision from the CA that really sucked as a fan too. Obviously not as hard as what the players and coaches went through, but very frustrating. I'd argue it was worse. To not, yeah, the podcasters, <laughs> we've talked about this. The podcasters had such a hard life that nobody wants to talk about. It. It's getting frustrating. But um, yeah, I think that's uh I'm frustrated with how the year ended because I wish there was a little more postseason play and we're accustomed to it. You're right. We're a little spoiled. We're spoiled by the consistent softball regionals. And maybe that's what it is. I think, I think that's what it is a hundred percent. And also tech and UVA softball have been staring at us, like being a consistent fixture in the postseason. And they're like, maybe we should, you know, recruit better. And then they finally did. And they have arguably the best pitcher in the nation in at in over in Blacksburg. And like now they're being good. So Works cut out for JMU for sure. You want to move to the last question we have? Yeah. Okay, that sounded really, uh, really riveting, really rousing, really <laughs> excited for this. I couldn't remember what it was. Yes. Um, feedback. This is from Bill Pap. Um, he he says we have great humor. So yeah, but you should definitely say that. Yeah. Um, what to do when this is not sports? This is uh, what it's to a do. Question, it's a actually a fantastic question. Feedback on what to do when going to games by age bracket. 40 plus should do what? Recent grads should do what? Um, and I'm going to say 26 to 40, to, or I guess 30 to 40. So sure. we'll, go, we'll go 21 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 plus, based off of his breakdown. Um, he also has the most World Series wing, rings for any JMU alum. So shout out him. I uh, can't wait to be interviewed, Bill. Soon. Maybe when <laughs> baseball's good. Maybe when they fire Ike yeah, and yeah, they fair, hire fair. you. <laughs> I think that sounds fair. I think Bill would be a better coach than Eikenberry. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> All right. He has three World uh, Series wings. How many does Eikenberry have? None. What's your, what's your, <laughs> what's your question to um, – I mean, what's your answer to this? What are the things that the alum should do? I think 40-plus. There's a lot of great wineries around. You have cross keys, you have bluestone, you have um, purple wolf, gray wolf, the lavender farm that also makes wine. Yeah, yeah. They have good wine. Um, really the whole, if you make a weekend out of it, the whole like Blue Ridge area. I was going to say that. Don't get me into wines too much, but the Blue Ridge region in Virginia have the best wines of all of Virginia wine. Um, so there's a lot of good wineries. What would you say for 40 up? I think the, the question is a tough one. It's like if you're spending a whole weekend there, you could almost like even venture into like Charlottesville and Crozet and like some of those areas too, right? Um, if you're looking for beer or wine or whatever. 
if you're around there, I mean, I'm a sucker for pale fire, which honestly might make more sense for the 40 to 50 crew. Cause that's such a slow <laughs> vibe. Like that's not like a, if you're a recent alum, that's probably not like you're, yeah, like, let's go just one a big game. Like let's pale fire, books. brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but those, that's a classic. Uh, they got good breweries and uh, there's a lot of like activities in the area. You could even stay at like Mass and Nutton and go to a game or something and do something there if you wanted. The golf is like sneaky good in Harrisonburg. They've got a couple of courses that are cheap and like play good ones. So like there's there's a lot of things to do for any age, but I would say it's making me want to spend more time in Harrisonburg. I'll say that. Yeah. Wineries, brewery is really good for the older crowd. I want to say I skew more towards the older crowd too. Mm-hmm. As a 25-year-old, like breweries and wineries sound and golf even though I'm terrible at golf, that does sound just a lot more appealing than like, well, granted, if you're a recent grad, you're probably doing the same stuff because college, JMU is not a bar college. JMU is a house party. So like there's not bars to go to. Artful Dodger closed. Yeah, Um, I think it's called Dukes now. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Billy Jack's is always a, a that's the classic. That's a, that's a recent like, grad place. Yeah. You go there, you're craving sticky nugs. You go there at set 11 p.m. and you close down the joint. I sounded so old by saying that. Jack Brown's too is really good. Um, but there's not a lot of like recent grad only places. I'd say Harrisonburg, yeah. if you're going out in Harrisonburg, it's a lot of like mm-hmm. you're mingling with a lot of generations. Tailgating, get there yeah. early, tailgate, good um get get your libations but it's a it's a good spot to go watch a game and hang out and and drink some beer or wine or whatever yeah or whatever or whatever whatever you like whatever i don't think there's any distilleries though or anything like that in there i think that's pretty limited i think that or maybe you gotta drive into other areas around there but yeah bold rock and they have a distillery over there do they like a vodka distillery over in that area where there's like Mm -hmm. blue mountain and bold rock and devil's backbone i think there's a distillery over there i think there's some good spots over there for sure the other thing we have three minutes left on our zoom um jeff Bourne released a thing sharing some insights on like how they help mental health of athletes pretty good read with some specific details in there so i know we had asked or talked about them wanting to see like what they would do it's kind of cool to see him come out and actually address uh, Lauren Burnett's death and, and share some information on what they do mental health wise. So I thought that was worthy of posting. Interested to see, because that's an important thing as is NIL, just sort of how JMU adapts in this modern era of college sports. Yeah, that's really great to see. Anything yeah. else? No, I guess we'll see when we go back on this boy, but we'll, we'll keep an eye out. We'll probably end up doing a baseball coaching search podcast not to get put the cart in front of the horse but <laughs> we'll need to find a, a a college baseball writer to talk to us about potential coaching hires because i can't tell you a name of a baseball coach other than Mar- marlon eikenberry oh and robert woodard who uh coaches charlotte brian o'connor uva head coach been there a while i know him i got his cell phone number oh maybe i'll put in a good word <laughs> text him hey bro here's the bird you want a lower salary and a program that's not as far developed because boy do i have a job for you do i have an offer that you just can't <laughs> pass up um also my favorite thing before we get up on out of here is this account called teacher bracket that's the uncw rival we have yeah it is um 
consistently trying to like get us upset. UNCW won the CAA <laughs> championship at JMU um, for like the last lots of years. They've just had like a lot of success in those Harrisonburg ones because they have the JMU had the best facility to play it at, right? Yeah. And so a lifelong Seahawks softball enthusiast tweeted that they've won 75% of the CAA championships in Harrisonburg of which probably 75% JMU didn't play in. And even if they did, UNCW didn't beat JMU because JMU lost in the first round. Um, but it's just funny that. It, what was also funny, it was just like a huge jab at us. Like, hey, loser, like you're leaving the CAA and you didn't even have a lot of baseball success. It's like, you truly don't understand how little most of us care. <laughs> like, okay, but now we're going to a good baseball league. They're going to try to get better. And we have a football program that exists and has players and is real. <laughs> And wins. Yeah, and our basketball program isn't, you know, named after an offshoot of another school. And our basketball program wasn't destroyed when Kevin Keats left it to fail at NC State. <laughs> For Bennett Conlin, my name's Jack Fitzpatrick. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. That was elite. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube